0: advisor, no psychic medium, just me. Normally we have, you know, two to three other people in the room, but uh, now it's just me hosting, but we do have two guests here in the studio. We'll get into that in just a moment, but I want to welcome you in talking about the paranormal as we do each and every Saturday night. Uh, of course, I did take last Saturday night off, went to a concert, hadn't done that. and Well, actually I'd done it a couple of weeks ago too, but I hadn't been to the Xfinity Center in years. Uh, <laughs> I thought it was very weird that they had, you know, Wi y- signs up everywhere. We have Wi Fi, <laughs> <laughs> but I'm outdoors. What do I need Wi Fi for? I have a data signal. But yeah, it was uh, it was nice. I went and saw Garbage and Alanis Morissette, and it was just a nice, fun night out. Uh, also, there will be no show next Saturday night because I'm going to be at the Mass Paracon up in Quincy, Massachusetts. There are still some tickets available for that if you want to go and. Take part in it, but I think I saw that there was only single tickets available. So, but don't quote me on that. Uh, go on over to massparacon.com and check that out. Uh, I don't know if you can still get like the package deal where you can do the VIP party and the all-day event on Saturday, and then the ghost hunt on the USS Salem. I don't know if uh, that that package is still available. I think you have to get like the single things one at a time. But go and check that out, massparacon.com, uh, and then we'll be back the week after that and then i think the week after that we're gonna try and do our annual bridgewater triangle investigation show so yeah don't go anywhere because we might need you on that night we're, we're uh, big fans that, so you've heard the triangle show the way that we do it before
1: I, I actually i did watch your bridgewater triangle show i thought it was pretty awesome um and we've just done a, a quite a few investigations this summer there in the out of sight all of it all
0: of we it. just we just try to make sure that we send people out when it's not too cold but also when it's not too mosquito-y oh yeah uh because i i went out a couple weeks ago we uh, one of our fr- uh, friends and listeners uh who is probably listening now she just had her 70th birthday and so she wanted to go out and investigate so i took her to a park in bridgewater and it, it's not so bad now but my hands were completely... I wore long sleeves and had a hat on and jeans, so I knew I was going to protect myself as much as I could, but they went and they attacked my hands. And my hands were completely covered in mosquito bites afterwards, oh but God. now it's starting to heal. So that's why I'm, All I'm thinking as I'm looking at my hands is, we got to make sure we send people out for that triangle show after these mosquitoes go away.
1: <laughs> we love Antoine Rock, but the bugs there are the... the I've never seen... They're like mutated.
0: Oh, yeah. (laughs) They're like nuclear mutated bugs. I mean, maybe they are. Maybe maybe it is like some sort of vortex, and these are cryptid bugs that are coming through. Uh, But we have in studio with us, we have Todd Sylvia and Melissa Weiner, right? I said that right? Melissa Weiner. Yep. Yep. Uh, And they are from Relatively Paranormal, which is New Bedford-based. Absolutely, yep And uh, they also have a program that you've probably seen on New Bedford Guide But they've got a YouTube channel too Where they have even more content uh, We're going to get into all of that with them And talk about some of their adventures and investigations around At the different places they've been to But also even in their own home Absolutely so I like the idea of being able to go out and investigate And then come home and have my house be my sanctuary Where <laughs> I don't have to worry about all that stuff You guys don't have that same, uh, that same luxury But uh, we'll get into all of that really quickly. We'll also talk, too, about Lizzie Borden. Uh, Really quickly, I want to let everybody know that yesterday, Discovery Plus released a new shock doc called The Curse of Lizzie Borden. And it stars our friend Dave Schrader and Sam Baltrusis, who's putting on that Mass Paracon next weekend, and Chris Fleming. Uh, who you've heard on this program. You've heard all those guys here before. Uh, but also, it stars another very familiar person to the Spooky South Coast audience, Luann Jolly of Wailing City Ghosts. Uh, she has been a Spooky South Coast listener since day one. If I remember right, she saw the newspaper article that said there's a paranormal show coming to WBSM. And so she tuned in, and she was our first caller, I think, too. And she, you know, I remember going back and investigating Lizzie Borden's with her back in 2007. and in fact the uh, the EVPs that we play, uh, whether you know every time that the TV shows were like, hey, can you come and talk to us about Lizzie Borden? Like the EVPs that we give them from that for that and that we played here on the show, those were all captured by Luann while we were investigating, uh, I believe we were in Lizzie's bedroom as these voices were caught. So we have on those recordings a voice calling me uh, an a-hole. <laughs> uh, we have a voice telling me, you know, why don't you go mm-hmm, yourself? That doesn't shock me there. And <laughs> and then we caught, you know, those those are pretty like whispery and mean. But then we caught one that sounds what we think might be Lizzie's voice herself. There's a a, a female voice that says, "But I'm a good daughter," in like a Victorian lilt. And so. You know, that made me feel a little bit better That, you know, they're Isn't not that just not on the show last night? They're not night? just making me up MVP, I believe Did they play it? I, I don't know but I I'm haven't a good,
1: She played it, but she said she caught it During the investigation mm. for the show Oh, no, I hope that didn't And happen. then she played it in reverse And said it was Lizzie's biological mother coming through Yeah It was
0: very subjective Oh, I but. hope, I hope, yeah I haven't finished the special yet, so <laughs> <laughs> I didn't mean to ruin it for you. Yes. Oh no, didn't you didn't ruin I mean I'm 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 pretty sure I know how it ends. Haunted. Uh yeah. but the um the you know, the years that we've been there, uh, you know, the the dozens of investigations that we've done there, there's always something going on and it's always a little bit different. So no matter what happened to them, you know, in that special, I don't know that it necessarily translates to everybody else's next investigation there because the phenomena that takes place there has changed so much and altered so much. So we can get into all of that and more. But if people do want to check it out, if you have the Discovery Plus streaming service, you can check it out on there. I'm sure it will eventually make it to the Travel Channel because that seems to be, you know, what they've been doing with these shock docs is they de- they debut them on the streaming service and then they eventually make their way over to TV. Also, speaking of television, uh, I've been asked now that because the season of Hotel Paranormal, season two has wrapped up on Canadian television, if that means that we're going to start seeing it on the Travel Channel. I did get the press release yesterday that has all of the Ghost Tober shows for Travel Channel laid out, and it did not mention Hotel Paranormal. So I don't know for sure that it's definitely coming to Travel Channel. I've only been told it's coming to U.S. television, uh, but it could also be that they're holding off until November because, of course, the show is narrated by Dan Aykroyd and the Ghostbusters Afterlife movie comes out in November, so they might be waiting to kind of tie it into that, but... Who knows? I'll let you all know as soon as I know, but uh, maybe I had some nefarious ways of being able to see season two through
2: various means,
0: <laughs> and, uh, and it came out very, very well, so, uh, and I did not wear a maroon shirt for season two, so that's, that's the only disappointment for many people is they, they wanted me to wear the same shirt that I wore in season one, and although I still have the shirt, uh, I decided against it because I didn't want to look like I only own one shirt.
1: I <laughs> <laughs> well, filmed both seasons in the same time frame. I I, well, continued my, to wear the same shirt.
0: My hair and beard are a little different, so hopefully that would, like, at least show people that it wasn't all done at once, but uh, the, you know there's a running joke that for the longest time I did wear like the same shirt every time I went and did a TV show so it's like oh so you only own one shirt like no I only won't <laughs> own one shirt that looks good on TV <laughs> cuz they give you all these like rules about what you can wear like no stripes no no polka dots no this, and it has to be a, a lukewarm neutral color and you you show up there with like five or six different shirts and, you know, you've got to do everything you can to keep them neat and pressed. And, you know, so you you walk in with them all on hangers and they're <laughs> like, yeah, use that one. So then you just throw the rest of them in the pile. Yeah. And then you come back the next day and they're like, oh, can you switch to that other shirt? Like, well, now it's all wrinkled. <laughs> but, you know, it, and it's, it's tough when you're a guy like me that's always wrinkling his clothes anyway. Like I'm sitting there in the hotel trying to use the irons. I don't know what I'm doing here.
3: The mini you know, iron? The tiny yeah, iron. Yeah, like...
0: Just, like, whatever you were going to pay me to do the show, if you were going to pay me, just pull aside some of that money and buy some shirts. I'll give you my size. You tell me what you want me to wear. You know, you you pick out the colors and and all of that. so much easier. But uh, the last, I did a special that's going to be on Tubi, which I can tell you guys about off air. I can't talk about it on the air yet. But they were very, very detail-oriented as they were getting ready to film and they would sit there and pick out all the little lint that might have been on my clothes. And no. they, they would, like, stretch it all out to make sure there were no wrinkles. <laughs> I was like, listen, I know that you probably make a good living in television, but I need to hire you to just do that to me every morning before I leave the house. <laughs> Are you wearing the
1: shirt when this occurred? Or this oh, one? yeah. I'm, sitting, I'm just sitting they there. They lint rolled you wearing the
0: shirt. <laughs> I'm sitting there in a chair, and they have you. You know, you always have to position yourself. You know, they never want you straight on. Like they'll shoot, shoot you from like different angles, but then they also kind of want you to turn a little bit in the chair and they want you to look this way, but your body's this way. And it's like, it's all very confusing. <laughs> so once they get me where I want, I don't move very uncomfortable too and and it is especially when you're there for three hours but then they come over and they like start like okay all right we're gonna put a little bit of makeup on here okay well you got this one hair over here so we're gonna spray that back and it's it's all very uh do they really go through all that oh yeah I don't have the patience to do it myself so I'm glad that they do it
1: the- I- Remember okay. the documentary guy did a little weird stuff. He had us sitting on the edge of that the, the Chase Lounge. Yeah, but he
3: didn't like mess with our clothes or put makeup on. I thought that was anything. an odd
1: place to seat us, though. It's really
3: bizarre. They, they like to, the, you know,
0: they like to uh, make sure that no matter what angle they want to shoot you at, you know that you know everything's okay. So you know they, they want they only want to do it once. They don't want to stop and reset. And I, I don't mind that, and I understand it. The weirdest experience I ever had was when I did my ghost story. Uh, because for that, they, they flew us out to their studios in LA. And it was Jeff Belanger and I, we went together. My first ever plane ride, I was like 35 years old. I'd never been on a plane. <laughs> no way. And my first plane ride was six hours cross country. So it, that was a lot of fun. But <laughs> actually, I didn't mind it at all. Jeff was super worried about me the whole time. He, like, brought, like, his iPad and had board games on it, like all kinds of things <laughs> try to distract me. I'm like, I'm really, really fine. He kept checking on me. Are you okay? Are you sure you're okay? He thought I was going to get up there and just, like, freak out. Uh, but when we were sat down in their studio, they have a camera that is on, like, a, a rail system, and it just goes all around you super fast. And, like, they'll just be like, and then it'll stop, and then and it's moving around you as you're speaking. And it's kind of very distracting to be, like, answering it. And you can't see anybody because the whole room is black, and they don't have lights on any of the people that are, you know, working the cameras or, or the producers asking you questions. So you're just sitting there, like, in this black void as this computer... Uh, computerized camera just keeps shooting all around you. I felt like something out of a sci-fi movie. That's bizarre. Oh my it was God. very, very disorienting. That's strange. But, you know, I, I got a free trip to L.A. out of it, uh, yeah, so yeah, yeah. I was ready to do whatever they needed me to. <laughs> all right, so let's get into uh, some of your adventures. Now, we were talking uh, earlier, we mentioned that uh, that you both lived in a haunted house. L- let's start off with kind of each of your experiences growing up and, and being younger. Todd, you were talking before about some of your experiences uh, as a kid. So this goes back a long time for you.
1: Yeah, I, I actually grew up in that in the middle of nowhere, in the middle of the boondocks on Tinkham Lane. It's a dirt road. I think it's like the last dirt road in town besides Wolf Allen Road. And it's literally, I could throw a rock in, and hit Wolf Allen Road, which um, very, very strange place indeed. And uh, well, I, I don't know. Okay. Am I allowed to talk about it?
0: Well, we can say the road is. Weird. <laughs> we can talk about what's on the road, I guess. Yeah. I don't want Tom to come down here and you know be upset with us. So.
1: So as far as par- I don't know, you call it paranormal, but the road is is definitely a strange road. You got a strange vibe on it, and I had to drive down this extraordinarily dark. I don't even know if there was a house on it back then, to be honest with you. The trees cover it like you had to picture yourself being in a tunnel covered by this strange canopy of trees so it's pitch black you could have at night the moon the stars you're not seeing anything and the road's very bumpy i didn't have the best car and i would try to drive down that damn road as fast as my car could deal with without actually falling apart on the road just because it was just so creepy and all the weird stories you had heard uh growing up about satanists doing weird things on the road and it's just very desolate a very desolate place um the first paranormal experience i ever had Um, was actually my grandfather, who I was extremely close to, passed when I was nine years old. He passed in his sleep. And I could never figure out why my grandmother never wanted to go in their beautiful master bedroom again after that. They had a very nice house in South Dartmouth. And one day I was playing with my little Matchbox cars or GI Joes or whatever in that room. And I looked up and, and my grandfather was standing there, probably almost as solid as you and me. And it didn't click with me because it was probably only a few months after he had passed. And then within about 10 seconds, I realized I could see the bureau through him and the the painting on the wall. And then he kind of faded away. Now, you might think as a nine year old, that would be a horrifying experience, but he had a very loving look on his face. It wasn't, it was, it freaked me out, but it didn't, I didn't run out of the room screaming. Like that was pretty much it. I didn't tell anybody about it for years. And it almost had a peaceful feel to it which I kind of understand a little bit better now that I've delved into some of the research about this sort of thing, and um, after that, I honestly didn't have a ton of paranormal experiences or even know how I felt about the paranormal, or even know if that was a real experience for years until Marissa and I got together, and a a few months after that, we moved into, unknowingly, into a very haunted place together. Very haunted place together. I don't know if you want, I don't, I don't know if Marissa had any real paranormal experiences before then either. No, no, I didn't,
3: um, I didn't, I actually didn't believe
1: really, I didn't believe in. She really didn't because I, I had enjoyed a, a few of the paranormal shows that were on TV, like as entertainment value. I didn't even know people did that until like 2010, to right, be honest yeah. with you, until I saw a, a show one day, I think it was Ghost Adventures, I said, I didn't even know that existed. And so you gotta, you gotta realize the situation we had been together probably, a, a, handful of months, three, four months, and we move into this place, and when you would watch TV, you could see the bedroom door out of the corner of your eye, and this six-foot tall, white, misty thing would walk by the door all the time when you were watching TV. You never saw it dead on, and I thought I was going crazy. I'm not kidding. Like, I thought I was going crazy.
3: Now, I also saw this sitting on the couch watching TV. (laughs) (laughs) This mist go by on the corner of my eye, and I'm like... I just, I kept my mouth shut about it because I'm like, all right, well, we're kind of new to our relationship. You know, yeah, we moved in together, but. It was know. huge.
1: I don't even know if mist like, does it, it justice. It, <laughs> it was like a a, a person made of mist walking by, like a six foot tall man walking by. Well,
3: sometimes it was also very dark over there too. It would change. But for the most part, it was like a white mist, but there were some times where I would see like a big dark shadow. But either way, I mean, we, we kept, I kept my mouth shut about it. Todd kept his mouth shut about it. Until just one day he just like randomly asked me like, hey, do you ever see
1: that thing? I, mean, I said, do you ever see anything weird when we're watching TV? That's how I put it. That way I could escape. <laughs> if she said, no, what do you mean? I could just let it go. Uh, and she said, what, the, the weird white thing that walks by all the time? <laughs> and I said, yes, thank God. I thought I was losing my mind. And then it was like as soon as we recognized it, all heck broke loose in that house.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Things would move. Um we both have OCD. Things have a place. You would put your keys. We had a basket by the door on a little shelf. And you'd go back to get them. They'd be gone. We we Actually, we were talking about this. It, it affected our relationship. We started arguing for the first time because you, you must have taken it. I didn't take right. it. We didn't take it. We would argue. And then we'd go back, and it would be there. I thought she was messing with me. She thought I was messing with her. But then it just got it got crazy. We would hear footsteps banging on the wall. Um all sorts of stuff. It snapped a clothes rack in half one night at 3 in the wow. morning. Like one of those big steel-like
0: clothes. Sure, um, yeah. Racks. Like to hang things up like in the yeah. house kind of thing.
1: Before our daughter was born, we used one of the spare rooms as like a, a walk-in closet. And one night we just heard, crack, crack, crack. And it had snapped the feet on it as if you took it and just pulled down on it and snapped the thing in half. Wow. And it wasn't old, it wasn't overloaded, it snapped. I thought somebody was kicking into the front door. I'd never heard that a sound that loud before. You know, um, whisper, it would whisper in your ear all the time. Mercer um, and I were laying in bed one night and um, we heard whispering. And I said, did you hear that whispering? And she said, stop, that was you. It came from my side of the bed. I said, no, no, it wasn't me, I swear to God. And then it came from directly above us. And she said, stop it, you're scaring me, you're messing with me. I said. That wasn't me It was above us honey Your head's on my shoulder Like I couldn't make that noise If I tried I said we know it. It's it's the ghost Ignore it And this thing yelled Like full out Disembodied Scream in yeah. my
3: See, the, It's the strangest Strangest you know noise i heard me. Yeah It was just like I don't even know what it said I don't even know what it said It was just like Wah. I'm like what the? This is when it really it Started Friday. to escalate
1: and I, I jumped up and screamed that i said listen i'll get a priest in here i didn't know who to go for help i didn't think zach bagans or or grant ha uh, jason Haas, were coming to my house to help me i didn't know who to go for help and it hadn't bothered us up till then i always thought it was interesting like things would get thrown once in a while you you'd hear it you'd see it you i would be like well that's kind of cool but then it started to get a little scary and uh, at that point like i was a little freaked out but then the the sleep paralysis started and that That's the scariest thing that will ever happen to you. Not too many things scare me in this world. That is a scary thing. And I don't care what anyone says about scientific when something happens to you never before and never since I've left that home, three, four nights a week, I would be wide awake and be paralyzed. I could see Marissa laying next to me. I couldn't make a sound. I couldn't move, nothing, nothing. And I would see this weird, tall, skinny, black, Hat man, I call him in the corner with red eyes, and he wouldn't do anything. He would just stand there, and I would have to finally make a, a, the weirdest noise. Marissa, I could probably describe it to you better, to, to try to get her attention, and she used to have to grab me and pound me like into the pillow to snap me out of it.
0: It so, was bizarre. So this would be a prolonged period of, of sleep paralysis. How long would these you know moments of, of paralysis last?
1: I, I, you know what? It would seem like an eternity, an honest-to-God eternity, Maybe a couple minutes. It would seem like forever. See, man.
0: and that's where it's people hard to tell it is. People like make that mistake about, oh well, you know, sleep paralysis is a common thing that happens to people naturally. <laughs> yeah, for a couple of seconds. Like, but when you are sitting there and you're aware of time passing and you know, like, prolonged experiences with that is not normal. Like, you shouldn't have, you know, two, three, four minutes of sleep paralysis. You should have two, three, four seconds. So if you've got something going on long enough for you to be able to see something on the other side and look over at her and be able to incorporate all this, you know, there's, there's more to that than just, you know, natural waking up. Yeah, it was horrifying. I oh, could,
3: yeah. I could it see would take me arm. probably two to three minutes just to get him to, like, snap out of it. And then sometimes he would fall right back into it.
1: Which was even stranger. Mm. She would snap me out of it. I would sit up and I was talking I'm like, get her, up, get time. up, get up.
3: Look at me, look at me. And, and then he would just down. fall back down. And same and I thing. I still
1: see the room, still see the guy there, and, you know, see her screaming, like, are you all right? Like, you know. So are
0: you thinking then at this point that, it is dangerous to be in this house? Was that entering your mind we were, or your conversations? Uh,
1: we were starting to think that it was getting a little scary because I didn't It got to the point where I, I wasn't too thrilled about going to sleep Now I'm a night owl anyway, but like you gotta sleep eventually Right And when it's on your mind like, oh man, I know I'm a little overtired I gotta get some sleep here, but it just happened to me two nights in a row I don't want it to happen again It's It's really the scariest thing that's ever happened to me, it's horrifying
3: and it's just as so scary to watch too I assume oh my god you have no idea yeah uh, because he's like he's like a manly man you know like so when he's like crying almost and that's like what the noise sounded like it was just bizarre hearing it out of him you know and it's like really scary to see that his eyes were like just not responding like it there was like they were caught on something like you just could not get him to like snap out focus, of it focus yeah I, it's really hard to describe but it's frightening to see for sure um, and but it did get. I sleep paralysis for you. I know it was bad. It happened to me once. It only happened to me once. And uh, but the only thing that was like the only thing that made me like really concerned was that time that it messed with the heat and it had like the heat. We had. Uh,
1: oh God. We yeah. had
3: um, a space heater, and we had
1: the cast iron. Big oh, like joints. a ra- like yeah. a radiator.
3: Like, like the 19. You know
1: how some apartments only have one big space heater for the whole joint. Mm-hmm. This is a three-bedroom, like, rabbit-run, big a, place, yeah, and so they a had a massive, like, if you touched it, it would it would actually, like, um, I can't think of the word. When it, when you get burned, then it Scor- leaves a mark on scorched, you. Uh, is
3: that the word? Yeah.
1: I can't think. But it would actually, like, burn. Like, I touched the edge of it once, and I had a triangle on my arm. It was so hot. Wow. But we woke up one night, and it, our bed was on the opposite side of that wall, and it felt like the wall was melting. Oh, yeah. What? The Something, candles were melting. It, it had cranked it up to, like, a thousand degrees like as high as you could crank this thing up and it would those things pump like you turn them on the house heats up you don't you shut it off you don't have to put it around for an hour I don't know how long it was on for that was horrifying because
3: yeah I have decoration candles like all around you know the apartment they had melted my decoration candles like big thick candles had melted it was so hot in there like I swear it was I, I felt like it was trying to start a fire and, kill and us it was or like something. an
1: old school knob that you had to reach around was, back to and it was like not you had to like push it in to like turn it like it was like a really like like 1940s like cast iron space heater and te- for whatever did it yeah uh,
3: yeah had
1: some sort of power it had definitely had some power like you know I, we honestly think there was two entities there like a, uh, there was a human spirit and something that may not have been uh, it would knock in threes it would do weird things and it definitely ramped up the human spirit. Which we, I think was the white misty thing. We saw him. We both saw him. One time I was folding laundry. I looked up in the bedroom mirror, like a big um, dresser mirror. And there was a, a gentleman sitting there, probably like a 50 year old Portuguese gentleman with slicked back hair. He was wearing like a blue denim shirt. He had like pock marks on his face. I could picture him to this day. Like he was. But oh, he that's, was pre-
0: that's pretty detailed too, yeah. He
1: was standing in the middle of our bed, cut off at the waist as if the bed wasn't there. So I'm seeing this in the mirror. So now I looked back at the bed, he's gone. I looked back at the mirror, he's gone. So I'm screaming at Marissa, I saw the ghost, I saw the ghost, but I wouldn't tell her what he looked like, I just said it was a man. Because if she ever saw it, I, I needed to know that what I saw was real. About two months later at three in the morning, she wakes up screaming bloody murder in the bed. She had sat up to go to the bathroom and we had a like a nightlight where you could kind of see your way to go to the bathroom. And she sat up and the guy was standing in the same spot, cut off at the waist, but only she's in bed now. I'm not folding laundry. And he was standing next to her like an inch away, cut off at the waist. It's bizarre.
3: I, you it's know, just... I
1: jumped up. I got the baseball bat in my hand. I'm looking around for an intruder. Why is she
3: screaming? Oh, yeah. He went around the whole apartment. He's like, who is so it? So she
1: said, I saw him. I saw him. I have to calm down. And I said, OK, now what does he look like? and she said I don't know his skin was kind of messed up he had greasy black hair and a blue shirt I said bingo thank there you, you. Go. I yeah. like a
3: greaser like to me you know <laughs> I, I felt
1: <laughs> I felt very uh validated at that point like yes I did see something
0: so so now you're at the point where you know you've had shared experiences which by the way you know for any relationship there's there's three key moments that there's when you move in together there's when you leave the door open when you go to the bathroom and the and it's when you can then share your paranormal experiences with each yeah, other. Yeah. So that, then that's when you know you're in it for, you're in it to win it when you can share all of that. But so now you're at this point where all of this is happening. You know, as you said, you don't know who to reach out. What do you do to try to find out why this is happening? Or do you just say, this is our life, this is what we have to deal with?
1: Well, I, I knew it was what we were going to have to deal with because we had a huge apartment. We just were about to have a baby.
3: I was pregnant, yeah.
1: And, um... We knew we, you know, we couldn't afford much more at the time. You know, we had like three bedrooms for 600 bucks a month. You know, yeah, it wasn't spectacular. Yeah. But I became obsessed with reading every book I could find on the paranormal. Everything. Everything. I would go to Savers to the book department and grab everything I could on spirituality, paranormal. Um, I have a minor in psychology. Everything I could think of to, and you know, when we would watch uh, paranormal shows, we would watch every documentary, um, you know, we'd seen you and Jeff in documentaries, stuff like that, anything I could find. If I thought you were a semi-intelligent person with a good opinion, I wanted to know your opinion. And that's what we did. And I would read books with Marissa. I would sit there and read and be you like, read oh, listen today, to this, yeah. listen to this. I would literally read her books, not like she's a child, just because but I was you, reading yeah, a you book. You find
0: something interesting and you want yeah, to point it no, out, yeah.
1: She's just as interested and just as knowledgeable as I am. And, and I would just read stuff and we would then talk about it. What do you think? Do you think this relates to what's going on here? And we just really became obsessed with it. Like, you know, I'll be honest with you. We didn't go out and do a parallel investigation for like five years.
3: After that, yeah. We just
1: read and read. and. Re- but that's just how I am. Like, I won't do something unless I know all about it. Like, you know, I know it can be somewhat dangerous. And unless I knew what I was doing, I wasn't just going to go out. Well, yeah, just- that
3: and we didn't know I mean. We didn't know what what all the equipment was. You know, what is all this that all these people are using? You know, we didn't know.
0: You see it on TV or, you know, in documentaries and you say, wow, like they must have spent, you know, thousands of dollars on that. You don't realize that like they spent 30 bucks and they bought it off Amazon. Like (laughs) you don't know that these things are available to you. And I wanted to know the reasoning behind it.
1: Why? Why? I I know I heard the the 10 second explanation, but what's the science behind it? Mm -hmm. What's why does this work? Why? What is it supposed to do? Um. You know, I mean, we don't we, we don't investigate for the for the thrill of it. We do it more for answers, and um, we actually enjoy helping people in similar situations more than going to hundred places. Don't get me wrong; we love going to places like Lizzie Borden's, but we get far more satisfaction out of going and helping out a family that's being being tormented.
0: Well, honestly. sure, having endured it yourself, then you know that makes you more sympathetic to their. And I think that that's something that is lost in a lot of investigators that if they haven't had the experience and had to live with it to them it's like you know it's like going hunting you know it's like you want to get out there you want to you know you want to bag that deer but if you lived in a house where there were deer around you living in the same house as you all the time you might not be so quick to go out there and shoot them anymore so it, it kind of makes it so that you know you're you're worried more about the person than you are the ghost whereas other groups are worried more about the ghost because that's their whole reason for going there in the first place exactly And then the
1: more we got into that, the more we realized that these are dead human beings with feelings that are stuck here and the more we realized how sad and miserable they were to be stuck here and that they probably don't like people treating them like deer or screaming at them or doing stuff like that, you know. uh, The only thing I'll provoke is a non-human entity that I think is a bully or, or a nasty human entity that's bullying other spirits or people or whatever, other than that. We're just trying to give them a voice because we feel bad to, for them, too. If we can help the living and the dead in the same shot, I'm all for it. Because sometimes it's just a, a misunderstood human spirit, you know. But you just – you don't know until you get in there. But honestly, that's 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 really our, our, our goal in the whole thing.
0: And there's still to this day – I mean, I was just talking about this with somebody the other day. Things have changed so much where when – I know when I started doing this – you know, the, there were TV shows but not a whole bunch of them and not to the point where people were obsessively watching them all the time. There were the people who were fans and you knew that when somebody called you for an investigation, you had to be careful about that. Yeah. You know, so when you went and talked to them and they're like, well, you know, you know Jason and Grant, right? Can you get me on TV? Like when they started asking <laughs> you those questions, like that's when you had to be concerned. But now you go on investigations and sometimes the people you're, you're there to help you know they they might know more about the paranormal than you do because oh, yeah, they've yeah. you know they've done the research and they've looked into all of this and and all and so if they're if they're to that point where they know that much and they're still not comfortable you know that really really resonates with me because you would think that if you can kind of explain it away they're like, okay, I understand what it is now. It would make it less scary. Yeah. Right. But for them to have that knowledge base and still not want it to be in their house or still, you know, have unanswered questions that they need your help with. I mean, that that stands out to me as being something that, so I think a lot of those those minor cases that we might have gotten 10 or 15 years ago have gone away. They're no longer calling us just because, you know, there's knockings and wrappings and all that stuff. Now they're calling us because they're seeing these, you know, full-bodied apparitions or shadow figures or what have you. And now you know when they ask for help that they need it. They're still the people that ask, you know, yes. if you can get them on TV. Yeah.
1: Yeah, no, we, we did a, a, a case. And the lady, honestly, I believe she had a demonic attachment that followed her across the country.
2: Yeah. And, you, uh, you
1: know... She sent us a message, like, a few days later, like, when's my episode on your show going to air? And I'm like, your episode? Like, I don't I don't know, ma'am. Like, when I review the footage, like, I was more concerned about trying to help you right. and figure out what's
0: in your house. Wouldn't you think, like, something <laughs> something that extreme? You'd be like, we have to kind of protect her privacy as much as we can. <laughs> yeah. you know? I, I mean, I got asked by somebody, and I, I won't name any names, but somebody reached out to me. And said that they they really needed help with their their haunting. Their young daughter was like three years old and was the target of everything that was going yeah. on. Yeah. And they, you know, and in my heart just broke for them. And I was like, I will get you some help immediately. Uh I, I I have people that I can call. I will have somebody there. This was on like a Wednesday or a Thursday. I'll have somebody there this Saturday. And they're like, oh, thank you so much. Thank you so much. And I I felt like, okay, we're getting them in the right. You know, mindset here, like they know help is on the way and, and things are going to get better. And then uh, I think it was maybe either Friday night or Saturday afternoon or something. They reached back and they reached back out to me and they said, "So is it Amy and Adam that are coming?" No. <laughs> and uh. I was like, "No, why?" I was like, well, because you know, we we just think that this would be something that was perfect for kindred spirits. Oh. Man. And I was like, I can tell you oh, right now that you know we need to get in there and see what's going on well before it gets to the point where you know, it could possibly be on television. And by the <laughs> way, just because you asked that no, it'll never be on TV. Yeah. Even as good of a case as it is, you know, so I, I kind of texted Amy about it and she's like, yeah, like people that are like that, you just kind of got to worry about their motivations. Of course. So, of course. you know, then you, then you wonder like, is there, is there even phenomena to begin with? But then, okay, yeah. but if there isn't, What does that mean that they're willing to throw their three-year-old daughter under the bus just to get themselves on TV? Like, what kind of person are you dealing with then so that, you know, she's going to now grow up as being the ghost kid from everybody that ever ends up seeing that show. And now you're going to be saddling her with that just because you wanted to get on TV, which, let me tell you... Anybody out there that's thinking about that, you don't get anything out of it. No. no. They, don't, no. they don't pay you to come into your house. <laughs> no. they, you, you know, you're not, I mean, some people, I guess, get themselves booked at Paracons and things like that, but, you know, you're not going to get famous by being on one of these shows for a, you know, for a 44-minute episode. So
1: <laughs> don't they, don't sell they,
0: your kids out over there. they think they have
1: the next Amityville or something or...
0: Well, I mean, even that case, though, when you think about it
1: Oh, I I know what you're going to say I just mean, like, something that famous
0: Well, but just, you know, it ruined that family Like, it ruined their lives It ruined their
1: kids, for sure I mean,
0: I know Chris, and Chris is not Happy about you know the way things have gone. You know Danny won't talk about it. He made his documentary, but I feel you know, bad he, for him when I saw that. They're all they're all messed up as there was. Yeah. They're messed up about other stuff too, but they're definitely messed up by what went on with that. So I mean I wouldn't wish that on anybody. Uh, there are some cases though, some famous cases where you know the family is able to kind of stick together and and endure that that you know unwanted celebrity. But that was definitely not one of those cases. Yeah, that not that not family not got ripped that. apart by that. So, but at least you were able to, you know, make it through what went on with yours. So, how did you then get to the point where you said, okay, now we want to get out there and help other people? What was it was that was the impetus to say, we're going to go and offer these services to people that need them? When we thought we could actually help
1: them, to be honest with you. When we thought we had experienced enough and knew enough to actually help people because...
3: Well, wait, um, wait, wait, It was because then we moved into this other apartment. Well,
1: yeah, but we, we helped people for like a year before that. But we, we had heard... We had spoken to a a family that had asked us for help before we had ever helped anyone. And they told us that they had had literally like 10 groups came in and they would come in, take video, and they would never hear back from them. They would come in, walk around with an EMF detector, shoot off a bunch of dumb opinions, and they'd never hear from them again. And I felt bad for them. And I was like, well, I don't want to be that guy. Like, that's not why I do it anyway. I'm, I'm not you know ghost hunter whatever i mean I'll, I'll use the term just as a goof but um you know that's not why we do it so i wanted to make sure i could actually help somebody like i don't want to go there and and get their hopes up and not be able to do something for them. at least like you said make them feel comfortable you know sometimes we'll advise people like there's there's, there's probably not a demon here until we go through the evidence i can't tell you for sure um but you know if if you can live with the 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 spirit we have before and we do now because we live in a second haunted house and you know you can't make it work I mean but it, no matter what and I will say this in the nicest way we moved into another haunted house and there is a human spirit there but all spirits drain you in one way or another and this spirit is kind of connected to Marissa because they're both moms and she drains Marissa, she does, and it impresses that 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 sadness, that misery over what happened, and, and that regret, and the fact that she's stuck here. Sometimes I'm Marissa, and it's emotions, she'll be like, I'm having these emotions, they're not mine. I, or I could tell she's just drained. Like, you know, um, you know, we, we have a young daughter, I mean, life is challenging, but it's not that draining. And it's, it, it absolutely is the spirit. I know it sounds crazy, but they will drain on you. They will. Just like they suck off the equipment on paranormal shows. If they feel a connection to a person that they can plug into, they'll plug in, and then they impress those emotions upon you. So
3: And she's told us that she does.
1: Yeah, yeah she did. She did. She, she told us.
0: I mean, they need energy to manifest, so if they no can't doubt. take it from somewhere else, they're going to take it from you. Right, of course. So when when you said that, you know, you, you brought up a great point about groups that will try to help people. And what will happen more often than not is they'll show, and this is kind of one of the side effects of the Ghost Hunters TV show, that they would go into a place and they would say, you know, hey, listen, we didn't get anything tonight. We don't think that this place is haunted, so don't worry.
2: And (laughs)
0: that really threw off the reality of the situation where people started to think that, you could just go in and in one night, if nothing happened, you could go and turn around and tell the person your house isn't haunted. No, that just means that the night you were there, there yeah. was no activity. It, doesn't, it certainly doesn't mean it's not. I mean, I look at it like this. You know, this is the way I always kind of point it out to people. The Lizzie Boyden house is one of the most haunted places in the world. And I know that for a fact because I've experienced it. But when ghost hunters went there, you know, they left there saying, I don't think this place is haunted. So what does that tell you? That they went to, the, to this place that has had decades now of experiences, and they came away saying nothing. Like, it, no, no fault of theirs. It just means that you can't base everything on, you know, one night of investigation.
2: Well,
1: I, I also have a, a theory about why that would happen to them more than, say, it doesn't happen to us a lot. And I think it's because spirits, again, they're human beings. They, ghost hunters walks in, and the first thing they do is debunk. So if you're a spirit who's low on energy and you get all the time, especially in a regular home, not, I'm not only saying Lizzie Borden's where ghost hunters are in there all the time, paranormal investigators, but in a normal place where people are like, oh, it's just the cat, oh, it's just... And it's this poor guy trying to reach out for help over and over again, whether they realize you can't help him or not. Yeah. And then... They bring in ghost hunters, and the first thing they're doing is going, oh, it's this squeaky door. They spend mm-hmm. the first hour debunking. If you're that spirit, would you waste your last crumb of energy on those people? No. Mm-hmm. I'd be like, here it is, the same thing over again. Only these people are supposed to be the professionals at this. Why Why would you try to reach out to them? I, just think of it from a common sense perspective. I wouldn't if I was a ghost. But... You know, Marissa, I've lived through it. We are true believers. We know that ghosts exist. There's no doubt in my mind anymore. And when we come in, we try to reach out. First and foremost. I mean, yeah. if there's something easily debunkable, but I'm not going to shout it out to the heavens for the, the spirits to hear you. They, they'll stand right next to you. They can hear what you're saying. Yeah, right. You know, unless you're going to
0: leave the residence to talk about it, <laughs> and they can hear you. Depending on what you think about ghosts, they might still be able to hear you. Of course. Right. You know, no, so true. no matter where you go. Well, that's why when I go and in, in start an investigation, and I don't really do residential cases, and I made that a rule for myself a long time ago, just based on the fact that my schedule is so crazy, I never want to go and be for somebody like, I'm here to help you. And then when they're calling me three nights later because they need more help, and I'm yeah. like, I'm sorry, I'm too busy to take your call. I never wanted to have to be that person. So yeah. I stay away from residents. I've, I've done very few, but I do a lot of you know historic haunts and you know yeah, places yeah. like that. And the first thing that I do every time I start off now is I will find... The quietest place, or the place that I think might be like where the energy is coming from, and I just sit down there and I shut. I don't want anything on. I don't want any devices. I don't even want a, a voice recorder going off. I don't even want a flashlight on. Just sit there in the dark and kind of just uh, tune in to what's going on. And I don't mean tune in like I'm some kind of psychic, but I mean like know when the hot water heater is going off. Yeah, know no when changes. you know. Know when you hear you know the the pipes are rattling or anything like that because. It's almost like if you can get that stuff out of the way first, mm-hmm. you don't need to bring it up later on. Of course, yeah. Because then everybody kind of understands and knows that that's the case. Or you know, one of the biggest problems that that I find in a lot of places around here is cars going by. Yeah, you know oh, Yeah. Like we, we're very we're very tightly packed in together around here, so there will be cars that come by. So you've got to know. What the light pattern is going to be of the headlights, and know what that sounds like. And I never realized until I became a paranormal investigator how many people drive motorcycles at two or (laughs) (laughs) three and drive them like as if they, you know, they're they're uh, indestructible. (laughs) But you you just hear like. So, you know, if you can tune yourself into all of that to begin with, you don't even need to bring it up later on in the investigation. Everybody kind of just knows. And that allows you to kind of stay in the moment, too. I've been in plenty of places where, you know, it doesn't take much for activity might be happening. And it doesn't take much to have that immediately go away because you're not paying attention in the right way. Of Of course. It also works the other way where if you're not paying attention, that might amp it up, too. That's why people that investigate with me, they always ask me, like, why do you make so many jokes on an investigation? Like, shouldn't you be taking this seriously? Well, <laughs> I do take it seriously. But I also find that if you're if you're laughing and you're putting out positive energy mm-hmm. and you're, you know, kind of raising the vibrations of the room, that helps. Yes, of so, yes. you know, you might get somebody that wants to be in on the joke or you might get somebody that wants you to give give you their attention them your attention instead of telling Joe so like it does help and it does and it also puts you know because we do a lot of events that people are paying money to be at it kind of gives them a little bit of a sense of relaxation yes. uh, which I I don't like I don't like the idea of you're not supposed to be afraid like the you know I I tease Jason Haas about this because he's the one that made it so that people are like you can't show fear on an investigation (laughs) oh Uh, yeah I I think that when something is scary, show fear. Like if you're afraid, (laughs) show fear. You can't show it if somebody's depending on you to come and tell them it's not scary. Yeah. But you can be in the moment, you know, you can have that that bit of a a chill going down your back. That's perfectly fine. And I think that also kind of keeps your senses heightened. And just the opposite of that too, sometimes you need to relax people because if they are too tense, they're going to jump at everything, and they're not going to know what's going on. So you do need to kind of keep people relaxed. And, and that's where the human side of things... you got to be a little bit of a psychologist as well as an investigator. Yeah. You know, not to the point where you should be diagnosing anybody's mental illnesses.
2: <laughs> but
0: you need to kind of be able to to get them through the, the situation. That's why when people say to me, what's the most important thing for any paranormal investigator to have for equipment? I always tell them, it's called the big book of pills. <laughs> You can buy it at any bookstore, and what it is is it gives you every type of medication. They put it out every year. I know what you're talking about. Yeah. And it has all the side effects so that when you go into somebody's home and they've asked you to come and investigate, it's okay. Look in their medicine cabinet. Yeah, their <laughs> medicine. See <laughs> what medications they're on and look up the side effects because you might save yourself a lot of trouble in that case. You know what, though? I think you're absolutely onto something
1: with the vibrational energy because in a lot of people, the average person don't understand that um we are a much lower vibrational frequency than the spirits are they're much higher you need to close that gap Mm -hmm. to kind of lift the veil a little bit you know i've been doing a little bit of research on this lately you give me a funky look but i can talk to you about this (laughs) No, you
3: have. yeah so
1: um but it's it's true i you know i hadn't given it much thought to to what you were talking about with the the laughter and the positive energy type of thing um you know i've been using actually been experimenting with crystals a little bit um and actually magnetizing them in a uh, an em pump what i did is i i created an em pump uh, i i put a double em pump together and i put quartz and amethyst inside of it and i'm using the the em energy to blast the crystals to raise the vibrational energy and we've had actually great results with it um but i didn't think about that other side of it the human side of it might be another way to do that because the more you can close that gap between the two vibrations the much better much better uh connection and much better activity you'll have for i sure mean much better interaction
0: people think that like it has to be a, a place where there's been tragedy no. for there to be a haunting like they think that you know untimely deaths are what lead to hauntings or anything like that i find that i've gone to places where they're very positive places and they have just as much activity as the places where there's negative things so you yeah. know we've investigated uh edaville We've investigated Well we haven't investigated But we we know people Who've investigated Lincoln Park Before that was You know Turned into condos So when you have Places like that Where Yeah there's a few Tragic things That have happened there But the good far outweighs the bad that yeah. good carries a resonance and an energy with it too so you know every haunted hospital as much as yeah there were people that died there there were also people that were born there so you've got that balance oh, the duality absolutely yeah.
1: hotels and, some hotels have that duality you have families vacationing and you have people who go there in their life sometimes because they're that miserable or they're on a separation or a divorce we were talking about this a couple months ago we went to the john carver inn Mm -hmm. extremely haunted it's right next to burial hill cemetery another one of our favorite places very haunted but i was looking at it in the lobby and i'm like my god the duality here is amazing because you have people here that are miserable just burying themselves in their room maybe about to end their life or you have people on vacation just got married yeah whatever Families visiting relatives because they just had a baby, grandparents, whatever, and there's a lot of weird energy in those places because right. of that. Right. So it doesn't shock me that the place was that haunted. That and the the fact that it was a what the Revolutionary School, medical school where they used to steal bodies from burial hill and yeah. chop them up.
2: Uh.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Who hasn't done that, really? I was shocked when <laughs> I read that. I was like, my God. The the other part about the the John Carver <laughs> in now is uh, it's also you know. Got all that recorded energy of all the dads That have to bring the family there And shell out all that money for the kids to go into the water park now. In the pool, yeah like, <laughs> Can't believe I spent 350 bucks Just to come to Plymouth uh,
1: The funny thing was our daughter had been there With her grandmother like two days before We went there to do Just to do the swimming yeah. Yeah. Hey, I go there all
0: the time to go to the restaurant I, You know, I love the hearth and kettle So it's a good, good, nice colonial Style yeah, breakfast hey, listen, yeah.
1: Kill two birds with one stone, right?
0: <laughs> (laughs) (laughs) if, If I can go to a haunted place That also has food I'm always there. (laughs) Uh, We're going to take a break here coming up for the news. When we come back on the other side, we'll talk more about some of Todd and Marissa's adventures. We'll also take your phone calls. If you want to call in with any questions, 508-996-0500. That's the way to call in and get your questions on the air. If you're not comfortable on the air and you want to send it in via email, you can do so, uh, SpookyCrew at SpookySouthCoast.com. And another way that you can reach out to us is on Twitter using the hashtag spooky live uh, that's what we run during the program but you'll also find us on twitter at spooky sc uh, there's all these different ways so that you can make sure that you know if you maybe maybe you need help right away and you're willing to call in or maybe you've had an experience and you want to call in but maybe you are also worried about you know the rest of the family hearing you that's what the email is for uh, so and believe me we've had plenty of that like please don't mention this on the air but especially here where we have you know multiple families living in the same building they're yeah. afraid to know that the neighbors might you know that the neighbors aren't going through the same thing uh, trust me if you're having it happen they probably are too so we will take a break we'll come back after the news with more spooky South Coast. Uh, don't go anywhere. We'll return with more right here on 1420 WBSM. Spooky South Coast, Tim Weisberg here. Uh, no science advisor, Matt Moniz tonight. No psychic medium, Stephanie Burke. She is actually uh, at the Oliver House tonight. Uh, they are ha- her and Scott Porter. And I think I saw that uh, uh, Grant Wilson and his wife, Rihanna, were there and uh, Brian Kano was there. So I don't know if they were all there together, if they were just sharing these photos of them all Oh, posing in the same that. spot. They but were
1: doing an event that Brian uh, Kano was putting on. Remember? Yeah. Yep. I know they
0: did they he was there a couple weeks ago, I thought. Oh, is that I, it? I don't know okay. if he was there. I don't know what's going on. Stephanie invited me, but I was like, no, no, I've got Todd and Marissa coming in. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna be at the show. And <laughs> uh, what do you need? <laughs> but I have I have been there quite a few times and it is one of the most haunted places. Absolutely. Yes. I yes. love Absolutely. it. There. Hands Absolutely. Hands down.
1: The history alone is incredible. You walk in the place, you can smell the history. It's incredible. Oh,
0: when yeah. you get to walk in and be like, Oh, wait a minute, I just touched a door handle that Ben Franklin touched. <laughs> I <know. It's> like <laughs> awesome. That's pretty cool. And that's also a place where I've had very, very strange things happen. Uh in the basement, uh, which is one of my favorite places to investigate anywhere. The you know, we've had so many shadow people show up. We have had uh what, what I called the strange bar of light. We're all sitting down there in the total darkness, and this, the you get these odd lights that show up, and people are like, "Oh, well, it's headlights!" Like, no, 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 there's a long driveway to even get up there. Oh yeah, yeah. like there's yeah, no headlights yeah. from the street coming into this house, yeah. but this this long bar of light, maybe about three feet tall, uh, it's you know a vertical bar of light. It looked like a test, like a, did
1: it look like a test tube shape?
0: Uh, well, straight, like kind of like a um uh. One of these, a fluorescent fluorescent light. Yeah, so yeah. like a fluorescent we light bulb. Get that, that thing from Rolling
1: Hills. Yeah, yeah, we got
0: one. It was huge. So and this it's thing awesome. just appeared in the middle of the air and moved about three feet across the room and then disappeared. It's yes. awesome, right? It was yes. so strange. Yes. Yeah. Uh, but then we also had while we were in the basement, of course, if you if you've been in the did you go in the basement yeah. while we were oh, there? Yeah. So you know you have to kind of go. You know, open that hatch and go down, That's and strange, yeah. you turn the light on, and so we were trying to stay in complete darkness, and people kept turning on the lights, <laughs> and then come down. So then somebody would come down, and we'd be like, all right, now we got to all readjust to the darkness. So finally, we said, okay, nobody else come down, and then all of a sudden, the light comes on again. And we see the legs of a person coming down the stairs, and then when it gets wow. to the point where you'd see more of the body, they just disappeared. That's awesome! Oh my god! You saw so that with your
1: own eyes, not through infrared or anything. No, uh, my own eyes. We didn't. Awesome. We didn't have
0: anything else running at the time. That's, that's awesome. awesome. And uh, I'll tell you about the the full bar. Uh, might get in trouble uh, because we're not supposed to talk about the ghosts there, but I'm going to do it anyway. We were <laughs> we were doing an event at uh, at Edaville. Oh, okay. And yeah. we're in the basement where the boiler explosion happened that killed Ellis Atwood. Now he didn't die in the built in the basement. He died at the hospital, but it was it was the explosion that that led to his death. And the story is that his wife Althea is seen roaming the grounds in her wedding dress, looking for her lost love. And I'm in the basement with a number of people, probably about six or eight people. And as we're standing there, the staircase coming down. We see this woman in a white dress, full-bodied apparition, not quite solid, coming down there with her arms outstretched and coming right toward us. And then when she got closer to us, she just disappeared. Wow. And so I was like, oh, okay, I like basements. I'm just going to stick to basements now when I invest (laughs) in them. That's where all the cool stuff happens. Uh, But then we also got this very interesting thing at the Oliver House where... Uh, I don't know if you got to meet Len and Peggy. They're two of the the volunteers there. We've only
1: met no, only just, met Christy. Oh, okay. Who's was
0: awesome. Len, so oh, awesome. she's she's the best. I've known her now we're for awesome. over a decade. Um, but the actually, you know, it's funny because she actually formed her first paranormal group up here, based on coming to Jeff Blandroni's events. So she kind of met all the people through those events, and then they formed a team anyway. Really, so yeah, that's cool. oh, it's. Spooky South Coast. Not to you know, toot our own horns here, but Spooky South Coast has made such a family of the paranormal around here yeah. Yeah. that it's like we can actually trace like relationships, marriages, all kinds of stuff like related <laughs> back to because of this show. Uh, but the uh, we were uh, you know there for one of their pro nights or something, and Len and Peggy are two of the volunteers, and Peggy had received this. This uh, painting from her sister that she got at like a yard sale and she's like, I don't want it done in my house, but I'll (laughs) I'll hang it up at the Oliver house. And so she had put it on the wall earlier that day. And at the end of the night, after the event was over, uh, we heard this smash coming from the dining room. We were all in that front room where they show everybody the video presentations and in the dining room, there was this giant smash. And I thought Paul, who is one of the investigators there and, and has like an SLS system, I thought he had dropped his, his tablet for that. And, and I was like, Paul, are you all right? And he's like, yeah, I'm right here next to you. It was dark, so I didn't know that he was. Yeah. <laughs> so then we all go running in there and we see that the painting was on the floor. It had smashed and it took down a couple of clay pots that had been on the mantle underneath oh, no. it. But what was odd about it is that the painting had one of those, like, sawtooth hangers on the back of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the nail that Peggy had hung it on was sticking out of the wall, and the nail was in the wall at, like, a 45-degree angle pointing upward. Yeah. So you had the claws hooking onto that nail pointing up, which means whatever knocked that thing over... Picked it up. ...had to go up and under it. Yes. And it probably... If it went up and under it That thing's going to come down It's not going to hit those clay pots That were on the mantle Which means that this thing Also knocked over those clay pots Mm -hmm. So it's just one of the coolest moments And like When you sit there And figure out how it happened You're like Well I don't have any other explanation to Because you know All night long Everybody's going down the stairs It would have shaken it right off Because it was right under the staircase Yeah Yeah. Nope So just one of those strange things Where it's like Yeah we'll, we'll show you we're here And we'll show you in the strongest way That we can
1: it's, that's that that's that's awesome. absolutely crazy.
2: Yeah. So I
0: I, I awesome. do want to get into some of your uh you know your adventures and uh, people can see on your YouTube channel. Uh, tell us the the specifics of where to go to see that. Relatively paranormal. Um, everything is relatively paranormal. We
1: have uh, I want to to my own horn, but we have a pretty nice website too. www.relativelyparanormal.com. I have a couple video players on there as well. I put every freaky picture. Uh, that we think is paranormal on there. There's probably hundred and fifty pictures uh, The YouTube channel has over 60 videos now. I'll put short evidence clips on there. I'll put um, <clears throat> Excuse me full investigation clips and when I say that they're edited like a, a normal show. I'll condense everything down to like an hour, but I I Make the shows where it's pretty much all activity There's not much of Marissa and I messing around. It's not like your regular TV show I just find that I, mean, I probably am wrong about this, but I just think that if people are on there watching paranormal shows, you want to see ghosts and paranormal things, right. and the more of that I can put on there, and the less of us, the better. But <laughs> I, I, you know, I could be wrong. I mean, We're I don't not know. Actors, so
3: that's for sure. So I don't yeah, think I try wants to, to, to
1: put mostly <laughs> you know activity. So however long it comes out, it could be half an hour, it could be an hour, um, and then I'll put a lot of short evidence clips on there. Uh, we also have a TikTok. Um, page now, which is Relatively Paranormal, Facebook group Relatively Paranormal, so it's all Relatively Paranormal, and the the weekly show, I I put all the episodes on there on replay, they have their own playlist as well, too.
0: So let's talk a little bit about why it's called Relatively Paranormal. Uh,
1: It's a play on words for the most part, Marissa and I, our, our family, our daughter Julia, she's only seven, she really doesn't go investigating with us. Um, we do let her speak to Angie sometimes through the spirit box because Angie speaks to her disembodied. She woke up Marissa the other day and said, mommy, what were you just in my room talking to me? And we said, no, I was sleeping. And she said, well, somebody was just in there, whispered in my ear. And I think they said like her, like real whispery. So we asked Angie, we said, we put on the spirit box later on that night. And she said, yeah, it was me. But I said here as in I'm here watching over you we also believe the the house we live in now has something that's a little negative that's kind of a trickster and a a liar we thought it was another human at the time Uh, nothing really demonic and has happened but we just it's a long story we just think it's something negative at the very least and we think angie kind of protects us from her and uh, Angie has just become another roommate, so we think she just watches over Julia because nothing ever happens to to Julia. So, um, so we do, we do let Julia speak through the spirit box here or there, and um, you know we hope that one day that she can join us. Uh, I do have an older son who does some paranormal investigating. He just lives pretty far away, so he doesn't get to come down as much. But it's really just me and Marissa and our best friend Brandon, who's like family to us. Like, his family comes over and hangs out. He's got kids, hangs out with our daughter. His wife, um, she came with us. She's in the Lizzie Borden episode we did. She did a great job, actually, Casey. Yeah, she did. So they're like family to us. It's just a family affair, um
0: but you bring up a very interesting thing, because for people who are going through living in a place where there's activity, if they have children, they have a choice to make. And that choice can either be that you tell them that there's no such thing as ghosts yeah. and hope that you know whatever the activity is doesn't really manifest around them, or you can be honest with them and let them know what's going on. And you know, it sounds like you had really the, the right mindset to say, like, it's here. We can deal with it You don't have to worry about it It doesn't mean that You know We have to be scared of it Uh, And and that's going to help her As she grows up To stay Because think about You know How most of us Our parents tell us There's no such thing And then we have a lot Of internal struggle When we actually have These experiences You know Now you've removed That block That wall To make sure that She'll always be able To kind of understand What's going on
1: Right and you know, and and over time, because we're constantly told they don't exist, the the natural part of our body, one of our the sixth sense closes. We were given by God a sixth sense, and we don't. Most of us don't have it. Like I'm not very sensitive. The more I do this, the more sensitive to these things I seem to become. But you know, I don't want to unnaturally close something that she was born with. You know, I'm not going to lie to her. Besides, we we do this. We started doing this before she was born. We started researching it. You know, what are we going to tell her when we... We got to go to Grandma's for a weekend. We're going to, you know, East Bethany, New York for what? <laughs> you know, we do a live streaming TV show in our apartment. Like, I, you know, I'm just not about... ever. I don't lie to my to the kids. I, I just... I don't. I, I don't see a, a poison. I will tell you, though, it.
3: that I was surprised at the reactions that we got um, from people who were not thrilled... Um, well the, the, again we spoke our about decision. this on the break
1: with tv and you actually spoke about it before tv likes to spin things a certain way and we were featured in a documentary that i don't can i mention it it's yeah. on youtube mm-hmm. it's called my extraordinary family and they normally do weird episodes like about like
3: uh, oh my god you the know girl like with two vaginas. you'd have
1: to go on there it's <laughs> it's really strange stuff but they thought that the fact that um we let our daughter you know talk to a spirit in our house or whatever uh, Was strange. So they came and, and in the meetings with us talking to them, I knew right away where they were going with it. Yeah, me too. They, they wanted to make it seem like we take Julia at night, at midnight, out into cemeteries and, and to like asylums and uh, to house cases with demons, you know, and do dangerous things with her. And I told her right away, you, uh, you're not going to present things in that way if you want. Yes, we let her talk to Angie in our house. I'll turn on the spirit box. You can put that in your show. But I made a point in the episode to say, listen, we don't bring it to places unless it's safe and whatnot. And it's funny you mentioned the Oliver House because we used that as a haunted location because we had been there and we knew it, in our experience, it was never dangerous. Right, Mm -hmm.
3: the families were there. We
1: went there at three o'clock in the afternoon. You're looking through IR, so you can't really tell. And we brought her up to talk to Abby. Abby is the, the little girl ghost who's been trapped there for what the poor thing, like 300 years or something. She got scalded to death and we had julia give her a gift a stuffed animal and then julia has this little electronic horse that you have to press a button to make it dance and light up it goes for 10 seconds then stops well she gave abby the stuffed animal and said here abby this is for you i thought it was a sweetheart and she was like here sweetheart, this is for you and she said i brought this toy to play with this is how it works and we're sitting there like not, I don't know how many minutes went by, not many. And the thing starts prancing around the room like crazy. Oh, so
3: let me tell and you. And it was so
1: cool because our daughter was excited, you know, and and she's asking kid questions to one of the kid. How old are you, Abby? Um, I don't remember what else she asked, but she got nice responses through the spirit box. And people were like, y'all letting your child speak to demons. You should be slapped. You should be this. Mm-hmm. And whether or not you want to be skeptical or not, fine. Listen, you're entitled to your own opinion. It's a free country. It's a free world just say what you want it's fine you can comment about all you want about your skepticism you can say whatever you want okay don't say i'm a a, a bad parent because i'm not you know right. marissa and i you know we spent today we we went to a soccer game i coached her soccer team with marissa we were there at eight in the morning and then we drove to plymouth for an hour so she could play a doubleheader or a fall softball <laughs> okay and then we brought it to her grandma's for the night and then we came here we're good people we're good parents but like you said we're not going to lie to our daughter and You know, yes, we let her talk to Angie, and and yes, if there was a safe place during the day, yeah, I'll let her go. If I've been there before and I've scoped it out, it's a family. You know, sure, why not?
0: But also look at it from the other perspective. You know, let's just say she was born with a mediumship gift, Mm -hmm. and was dealing with this all the time, and had no frame of reference for what was going on. You know, so like I think that people are so quick to judge anybody. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, they they love to find any reason to rag on other parents, uh, and and find why they think that they're a bad parent. But I can tell you, I've been doing you know public events, public ghost hunting events for for over a decade, and I've had people ask me like. Well, what's your age limit? And generally, you know, we want to say, like, we prefer the kids to be, like, 12 or up. Yeah. Only because... Kids that are under that, you know, younger than that, have a tendency to get distracted and to, you know, to want to go home and start to, you know, bother everybody else. And so, but for the, uh, the one rule that I always say to them is, you know, your child better than I do. Yeah. So if you feel like they're able to come and handle this and be part of this and be responsible, and I have had kids come, you know, uh, that are, you know, nine, 10 years old that are the best investigators of the entire group yeah. and the the best behave and the most mature, you know? So it's, it's, it's kind of like, you know, you know, your child better than anybody else will. And you know what they're comfortable with and what you're comfortable with putting them in that situation. So, but it's just, it's always going to be that way. People just love to, to rag on other folks, especially on, you know, social media.
1: Yeah, of course. And yeah. what would you do if you, we inadvertently moved into a second on at home We've all seen things together in the same room together. What am I going to do? Tell her that she didn't see what the three of us saw <laughs> that's together? That's more
0: damaging, I think. Of
1: course. Of course. And, you know, that's just, to me, that's... I, I, you got to think about it like this. If And, listen, I tell my daughter there's a Santa Claus. I tell my daughter there's a tooth fairy. I tell my daughter there's an Easter Bunny When I know dang well that none of those things exist. But I've seen ghosts. I've spoken to ghosts, spirits, entities, demons, whatever you want to call or all the above. I know they exist, so why would I lie? If I talk about that, if I'm going to tell her that there's a mythical
0: man who flies around with reindeer,
2: Todd, delivering you, you, gifts to everybody. You just, you just
0: ruined my Christmas, man. I, I had not heard that yet. But, you know, you're right. I mean, in in part of understanding all of what we experience in the paranormal world, it requires us to have, you know, we can read all the books that we want, but when you get out there and you're actually doing this, it's it's a different level of humanity that you need to yes. be able to to experience this. And as you said, you know, you don't have to be psychic to start to to build into some of this uh, kind of tapping into it. Like I know I can walk into a place now and I can say, oh, I, I feel like there's something here. Yeah. And just from being around it, you know what it feels like. So why not give somebody the head start in that than to say, no, 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 no. wait till you're 18 And then it's up to you if you want to do it or not. I mean, my son, you know, I took him on. I I didn't, I've never taken him on an investigation, but he was hugely into history, even as a young kid. So I would take him to some historical places that I would go. You know, when I wrote my book, like he came with me to take all the photos. And then uh, there's a a place that I investigated in Wareham called the Fearing Tavern. It's from 1690. He was obsessed with like colonial era history and he wanted to go and see it for himself. So I took him. And there was a newspaper reporter there doing a story on our event, so it was really before the event had really started, and so we're in the basement and we're using, uh, at the time, you know, we have the shack hack, and we're using that, and he he's asking questions, and you know, the reporter's loving this; it's great stuff. Yeah. And so he's like, "Are you naked?" And like everybody, <laughs> laughs and, and then he asks, "Are you dead?" And this voice comes through, a very deep, low voice, and it says, you know, a few. And except said the, the actual word. Yeah. yeah. And my son, knowing how this device worked, even being seven years old, said, hey, dad, I, I know that they're not supposed to say that on the radio. So that's not just the radio coming through. I don't want to do this anymore. And that was the last yeah. time that he had anything to do with anything paranormal. And he's 17 now. Not wow. good so. though.
1: That's not that he he figured that out about the radio. That's Oh awesome. yeah. No, he we That's we actually Awesome, right? Cuz a lot of people wouldn't even think about that.
0: We actually had him on the show here once. Uh we had my wife and him came in and we we you know basically we were just kind of talking about a bunch of different things, kind of random. But we had told them he was probably about that same age, 6 or 7. And we had told them before he came in uh and at that time he's, you know, a 6-year-old boy, you know that they love to talk about they're junk all the time. He would, he would constantly be using that, that term. He'd be like, oh, my junk is itchy. or Like, whatever. Like, he was just obsessed with talking about it. So we specifically told him before we came into the studio, don't mention your junk on the air. <laughs> and so he's sitting there through the entire first. This is when we used to take breaks during the show. He's sitting there during the entire first segment, you know. Kind of chiming in where he needs to chime in Doing a great job and everything And then I'm going to throw it to commercial I'm like, we'll be right back with more Spooky South Coast In just a few moments We're going to be talking about you know this and this and this And then he just leans into the microphones and he says But we're not going to be talking about our penis or our junk
1: <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god, that and is awesome It's still
0: on YouTube to this day It's that's one of incredible. our most watched clips
1: <laughs> Yeah, I, I, that's awesome That is fantastic But it,
0: it, it is funny how much they can grasp some of those was. concepts even at a young age so why not why not teach them at that age
1: <laughs> she she actually knows more than some of the i hate to say it than some of the people on tv like i won't mention names but she's she's smart she picks up on everything she's smart as a whip and you know we, we don't say things that we think are going to be horrifically scary but you know we're honest with her about listen these are dead human beings they're they're stuck here they didn't go for several reasons and blah 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 and you if you sat her down you'd be stunned at at the knowledge she has just from like a a realistic standpoint on on the subject she's actually very smart about the whole thing like she'll she'll be a phenomenal investigator but she we have to have the same conversation every time we go to a big investigation because Marissa and I we we love it I mean we're slightly obsessed but we get excited, and we have to sit down with her for an hour and explain why she can't go. Because <laughs> she gets mad. She wants to go. Sure. She wants to go. And we're like, honey, you can't. We'd get arrested, first of all. Second of all, <laughs> it's not safe. We're walking around in the pitch black. Like, I know on TV, it looks like you can see. You cannot see. The Oliver House, that thing into the basement, I smacked my head on it like 10 <laughs> no, times. No, yeah.
0: I don't have to worry about that. I'm only five. I
1: had brain surgery, so I must have whacked a titanium plate off that like 12 times, so I'm like, Julia, you can't it's just not safe. It's it's against the law. I I wouldn't put you there. I don't know what's there until I've been there, honey. I would never bring you there. I don't know what's there. Some no. of these things are dangerous. Yeah. Well, Some of these things it gets real sometimes.
0: One of the places that I took him was uh you, you know, when he was okay with, you know, it took a little while for him to be okay with going back to places just for the history side of it. And I had to go uh, do something at Fort Tabor. This is back in the days when we were allowed to investigate Fort Tabor. And we would have, what we would do is we would do events there and we would, the money that we raised would benefit the military museum. Mm -hmm. And then the city shut that down. They they had me go before the park board uh, for one of the events we wanted to do and they yelled at me. Because I had done previous events there and never gone before the park board before.
2: Aww. And I was like,
0: but Joe handled all that. I totally, you know, like threw Joe under the bus. But he was, <laughs> he was the one that had always set all that stuff up. So I thought that he had gotten the okay. Uh, but so, and then they said to the city solicitor who was sitting in the back, like, well, if you're okay with them doing it, then we'll allow it. And the city solicitor said, I'm not okay with that. The liability of them walking through those yeah. places. So we can't do it anymore. Nobody should go into those batteries. Uh, nobody should go in and, well, you can go into the ones that are over by the military museum. They allow that. But nobody should go into Milliken. That's why they keep putting up the fencing. But we had been able to investigate that as part of what we used to do. And that place is full of things you can trip over, holes you can fall oh, in, yeah. all kinds yeah. of stuff. And we brought him through, you know, there and and he, you know, he was freaking out about it because it is a freaky place. So Stephanie was with us. He was actually like, you know, holding Stephanie's hand because he was so weirded out by everything that was going on there. But that's also another great example of a place where, you know, it's the after effects that can be dangerous for anybody. Yeah. So we, we went there. We've probably done six or eight investigations there over the years. There was one night where we had gone and done an event and I had come home, probably crashed in my bed about 4 in the morning, and uh about five thirty or so I woke up to the worst Charlie horse I ever had in my leg. Oh god oh, that was and awful. It, it was just killing me. And then finally I, I fought my way through it and then Fell back asleep, and maybe 15 or 20 minutes later, I woke up with it happening in the other leg. Oh, So it was to the point where I couldn't walk correctly for a couple of days afterwards. Like, that's how bad of a muscle pull it was. And I just happened to say to Stephanie, I think we were texting. I said, did anything happen to you this morning as a result of the investigation? And she says, yeah, I woke up around 5.30 with a horrible charley horse. No. So... All I could think uh, of is, like, imagine, you know, if my child had yeah, been I there and, and to had to deal with that, like, I would have felt terrible because now I put them in physical harm that as a I result of see it. That get you
2: all the
1: time. Now, well, that's because I'm diabetic, and if my blood sugar gets high it uses the water in my body to thin it out and it gives me a chalice because dehydration can cause mm-hmm. cause it like obviously but that's maybe. an unnatural situation maybe. that it doesn't happen that often it happens but, more often than yeah you. but I, I think it's more I, I do,
0: diabetes i do get them kind of you know not frequently but i do get them from time to time myself and oh my i like i wish i could just like rip my leg off yeah. sometimes. you know jump you out
1: you know you're supposed to walk on as painful as it is you got to jump out of bed and hobble around the room and it goes away like much much faster what
0: what i do is i hobble I keep bananas in the house and so i will like just try and crawl my way out to the kitchen and eat a banana
1: if you haven't ever had one it feels like your leg's broken the first time i had one i thought that somehow i fell down and broke my leg before bed that's how bad and i could feel the the, the knot in my leg mm-hmm. i thought it was the bone i said i must have fell down somehow and broke my leg it, it, they're horrific they
0: really are horrific but but to have you know to have it happen to her at the it, same it time, you know never that's never that's, that's what made me think. Okay, in both.
1: It, when I get it, it's one leg. It'll it might happen twice or three, but it's the same leg in the same spot. It would, and I've never had it. In why both would a Why
3: would a banana help?
0: Potassium.
1: Potassium.
3: Oh yeah. It, um, I mean,
0: I don't know. I don't know if it's really helping at that. Like at that point, you're probably too far gone yeah. for it to help. Like you should really be eating a banana every day to help yeah, with the potassium. Absolutely. But it kind of, you know, it eases my mind a little bit as I much f- as it does f- my f- leg.
1: But as far as following us home, I uh, I go through a pretty big process before we leave. As far as invoking and things not to follow us, um, I sage us a lot of times if it's been if something negative's been there. Uh, the sage comes out. I will smudge us, um, pray I, holy water, anything I can. And we yet that I know of to have anything follow us home. Um, you know, we documented Angie at our current home. Uh, I won't give her her last name, but we documented her. We have her obituary. We have a picture of her that matches the obituary The building manager confirmed. it, So we know that that's legit. There's another thing there that we met like night one, but we didn't have problems. The place we moved from the day before or the week before, the month before. So it's it, it's worked so far, but you know, technically, unless you invite them to follow you, or or they're true demonics, I mean, they they really <clears throat> aren't supposed to follow you, but they will, they will, they will.
0: Well, you know? you, so you know, Christy, then, uh, and then there was a time when we went to the uh, S. K. Pierce Mansion. Yeah. Oh, and
3: that's where we're going next. yeah.
0: So that is where we're going next. Well, let me <laughs> let me give you this story because it might help your investigation. It might also make you think twice about some things too. So, uh, we had gone there for the when we went there for the first time, we were using a Ouija board down in the basement, and they didn't they don't allow boards in the house. Yeah. Uh, we had gotten special permission, and so we were using it in the basement, and a spirit came through that said that its name was Laura, and after this happened. Laura attached herself to Christy And Ooh. made her life a living hell And she had to have Stephanie Help her remove this spirit That was attached to her And it wasn't easy Wow! And so the next time We were going to do an event there Stephanie and I were driving up together And I said hey what was the name of that spirit That attached itself to Christy And Stephanie who was, told me not to use the Ouija board She warned me not to do it yeah. She said something was bad was going to happen She's like no I'm not telling you And I was like why do you not remember? She's like, no, I remember, but I'm not telling you because I know you're gonna to try to talk to her. Oh, you're he gonna And it. so I was like, well, uh, all right, fine. And I'm like over there texting Christy, like, hey, what was the name of that spirit that attached <laughs> itself to you? And normally Christy gets back to me pretty fast, but I didn't hear from her for hours. And so we got to the house. And by the way, if you use GPS to get there, a lot of times the GPS will start screwing up. And you'll drive around the house in circles, like, because the house doesn't want you to come there, I really? think. But so we got there, and they were telling us about room nine had this habit of, on the third floor, had the habit of the door slamming shut. Yeah. And so we were looking all around, and we realized there's a missing pane in one of the windows in the glass. So it's, it's just the air coming through that's causing yeah. the door to close. Yeah. Yeah. So we thought we had kind of figured it out. So we put a, a board in front of the window so that wouldn't happen. And then later on that night, we're all sitting in that room with all of our devices going. And I get a text from Christy. And it just says that one word. It says, Laura. And so I said to everybody in the room, I was like, hey, Christy just told me the name of that spirit. Do you want me to call out for her? And Stephanie was in another room. Oh, and everybody man. was like, yeah, yeah, do it, do it, do it. So I just looked at it and said, Laura, are you here with us? And as soon as I said it, that door slammed shut. Every device in the room started peeking. Uh, and then Echo Vox just kept saying over and over again, Laura, Laura, Laura. Yeah. Oh it was like God. the only time I ever felt like I was in a horror movie. So then we go home at the end of the night. Uh, Stephanie had driven, so she dropped me off at home. And as I'm getting ready to go into the house, she says to me like, hey, say a little like protection before you go into the house. I was like, ah, I don't believe that. I don't believe these things are going to follow <laughs> me out. And she's like, just do it for me, okay? And I was like, Fine. If there's anything that came home with me, you're not allowed in my house. All right. You happy? And then I walked over the threshold into my living room. And as soon as I walked into there, I have a REM pod that's super loud. Yeah. And the REM pod went off full blast and i was like it's gonna wake up everybody in the house and what's weird about it is if, if i don't know if they're all like this but the one that i have it takes a nine volt battery yeah and then yeah, there's a the power one. button next to it but it's recessed up inside yeah the inside yeah. so you have to reach up so there's no way something in my bag like reached up and hit that button to set it no, off no. so i was like well that's freaky and then when i took it out of the bag to turn it off i was like i gotta pull the battery out of this thing to turn it off and when i looked there was no battery. In
2: the, oh, that's real freaky. The battery yes, wasn't even in freaky.
0: the thing, and it was going off. You believe
1: that was a human spirit, though?
0: I, I don't know. All I know is that uh, after that, I was not going to invoke the name of her no. in in that in that building anymore. But it's been a few years since I've been there, so the next time I go, I'll probably do it again. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I've mixed I've mixed um, opinions wow. about what can actually follow and what can actually not, because. The beautiful thing about living with Angie, the, the spirit, is we get to talk to all the time. And, and being human beings that are just dead, the more they know you, the more they open up to you, the more questions you can ask. And when you, you know this as well as we do, you spend half the investigation trying to find out who's there. What's right. your name? Right. When did you pass? How did you pass? We're way past that. Where? Two years of living there. So we get to ask questions now like, hey, when we see the orbs flying around, is that you?
2: Yeah.
1: Hey, do you? that's how you ch- travel around. Do you see your body, your legs, or do you just feel like you're flying? Do you use the mirrors as gateways, as poles? We get to ask all these cool yeah. questions because we want answers to as to answers. what the life of a ghost is. And she said that she won't leave the front door. She won't leave the building. She's afraid to. She doesn't even know if she can. Mm. So... That being the case, and we've asked this, we try to ask. We have a set group of like ten questions we try to ask every spirit. Um, I don't know what I'm gonna do with it, but it, it's kind of like our conversations with the dead thing, yeah. <laughs> because we're trying to get a group consensus. Like, did you see a body after you passed? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Did you see the light? Why didn't you go into it? Like, we have this group of questions we ask every spirit, and they all say that they're either trapped at that location and can't leave, won't leave. Whatever, So I just have this running theory in my mind that anything that falls you home is non-human, never walked the earth. Um, and they usually tend to be powerful. You know, like I, I saw one story on TV where somebody got followed home, was yanked out of their bed, scratched. Like, I don't believe human spirits have that kind of power. That's a lot of power to make your empire... Did, and the, the switch was flipped on too. It's and, a push. And no battery a, was in. It's a push button. Oh, yeah, I'm trying to. Think. I just got a real one. I had like a, an aftermarket one before that. Mm-hmm. I just got the the 2.0, which is fabulous, by the way. But, um, so yeah, so it's up. Yeah, I, I see what you're saying. Um, uh, but to be able to make it crank like that, that's a lot of energy. That's a lot of power. And to follow you.
0: But to, to, to go back to your point maybe about the human spirits, you know, let me bring up this point because it, it comes up a lot. And it's it's something that people point to as evidence that maybe there, there aren't ghosts because how could this be? So look at, you know, a place that you've been to, the Lizzie Borden house. Mm-hmm. People have encountered what they think is the spirit of Lizzie Borden there. But then people have also investigated Maplecroft and encountered what is the spirit of Lizzie Borden there. So can she be in two places at once if she's a human spirit?
1: Yeah, and my other opinion about Lizzie is if you slaughtered your parents and you moved out as fast as you could after you were acquitted, why the heck would you go back afterward and how would you travel back there? Like like when people say like oh oh well you'll see a show well this hotel was jesse james favorite hotel and it's in montana and the guy died somewhere in florida how would he get there is there like i'm not trying to be a smart ass like if somebody has an answer please tell me but like there's no ghost monorail like at disney world you know where they can just hop on and go wherever they want after death you know from what the answers we've gotten is they saw their body they saw the light they chose to stay here for whatever reason and they trapped here now you know i guess maybe we should ask did you have an option to go somewhere else like i
0: don't know like <laughs> so i mean from what i've heard and and you know, from you know from some of the researchers that i've talked to the idea is that they're not really trapped in any location per se but there are some locations where they can manifest easier mm-hmm. so whether it be the conditions of the building if you want to get into like the stone tape theory and all of that whether it be a place that they have a personal connection to, whatever it is, there are certain places where they know that they can have a, a stronger resonance so that they might be drawn to those places for that reason. But that in actuality, they can be in many places at once. They can be everywhere because they aren't bound by physics. Like we're trying to. Oh, yeah. Think,
1: oh, yeah. There's no doubt. Yeah.
0: That's the biggest problem that we have with, you know, people trying to prove this scientifically yeah. is they're trying to make it fit into physics when we should make physics fit into what it's doing.
1: Yeah, I yeah. mean, they're kind of in a parallel universe that's alongside of ours, and every once in a while they can, part of them or some of them or even their voice can cross over into this dimension. And, yeah, you're right. you got to kind of look at it through different lenses. Like, like I said, if, if somebody has answers for these things, let me know your opinion and, and you know, comment on any of our stuff and, and let me know what you think. Like, we love spitballing and, and throwing theories around, and then we go ask the spirits and say, well, is this true? Is this what happened to you? Is to, can this happen? The read your mind thing. You know, yep. I don't think I, I, I don't know if I said that on the air, but I oftentimes in investigations, I'll be thinking of something I want to ask them and they'll answer the question like mm-hmm. 30 seconds before a minute before. And it's really like strange when it happens. But like it got to the point where I started asking them, like, can you read my mind? Like not to sound goofy, but can you read, you know, and and I don't remember what the answer was. The the last one I asked, but one said that, yeah, we, we kind of know what you're thinking.
0: Which, I knew, is, which is freaky. But, you you know. can get that on EVP, too, where sometimes you'll you'll have to, you know, you're listening for the answer after you've asked the question, but sometimes the answer to the question comes before yeah, you've yeah, actually asked it you know, and had, you get that yeah. reporting of it. So just mentioning the Lizzie Borden house, uh, you know, of course, things have changed there. And I know when you were over there doing your investigation was it already under the new ownership? No. Or, so no. Leanne was still there no, and in charge?
1: No, it was Leanne. Maybe it was, but then they don't have the format they have now. Like the basement didn't have bedrooms.
0: Well, so he was kind of running things, but he he officially took over in early June.
1: Yeah.
3: Oh, well, we were there in like May 1st. We first. lucked out. We, we went there. May, there May
1: 2nd. And it was May. It was May 1st. Yeah. It was May 1st we were there. May 1st to May 2nd. Right? We lucked out. None of the people there were investigating. They were all just people there chilling for the bed and breakfast. Um, like I was real nervous I'm like man if there's like a hundred people uh, there like you know it's gonna how are we gonna yeah. do anything well, It was a full how house there anything? was 13 people there but they didn't they all there. went to their room yeah and like two people two different sets of like couples like uh, two women that were hanging out together yeah and then a, a man and a woman and they were respectful they didn't say a word they just stood in the background just, you know, one woman freaked out because she saw something and screamed but other than that, um and then they were gone by 11 o'clock we went in the basement after that and we really really lucked out and we marissa and i were up till real late but that place it's it's top top three most haunted places awesome
3: awesome Oliver
1: house maybe is super haunted that's that's top three that place is awesome and it shocked me i didn't think it was
0: going to be like that it's i really didn't it really hit to, to watch how that place has evolved uh because you know Less than 10 years ago, it was still all closed up and the town owned it and didn't know what to do with it. And then as the investigation started, things started kicking. And of course, then once Christy took over, you know, it really ramped up because she's not only in there investigating all the time and coming up with all these new experiments, but she's also... Raising all that money that they've been able to use to renovate yeah. it. Right. So it was in a constant state of renovation, which is, you know, we'll stir stuff up. Of course. I mean, oh, you're so lucky to go there now and be able to use the bathroom indoors. <laughs> I'll never forget what it was like in, you know, the wintertime having to go out into the porta potty. <laughs> oh. the- you're, you're also lucky with the SK Pierce Mansion because they have indoor plumbing now, too. Oh, when we first started work. going there, they did not. We had to rent a porta potty for our event and put it on the front lawn. And it was like the end of November. And everybody had to go out there and, like, do their business in, like, 22-degree weather.
3: Oh, my God. Yeah. So, yeah,
1: you're, it's a lot easier now. Hey, Rolling Hills, we went there. They had a port potty And we yeah. <laughs> <and Mr. laughs> had to be guarded on the way there. We didn't have the best. We, we had an incredible paranormal experience and not the best customer service experience.
0: I've heard that. She
1: yeah. wasn't the, She was actually awful But anyway That's why we haven't Done any events there And then we, we met really? Christy Like the week later And we were like Wow Talk about Breath oh, of yeah. Fresh Air like Exactly was, And the the, the the tour guys At Lizzie Borden yeah, like, They were awesome They were awesome too It's, it's like yeah, It's like anything else You know It's all who you get mm. um, But uh, certainly Yeah Indoor plumbing Definitely helps uh, But the Borden house Yeah It was awesome We actually The funny thing was Is, is Andrew did not like me And the more, he, he called Marissa the B word like twice right over the spirit box so I didn't like him at that point and and Abby was super nice and answering our questions and he didn't want it to and I'll tell you the strangest thing was I'm reviewing the evidence after and they were talking to each other through the spirit box in the background and we didn't notice them and it it, it was weird and it broke my heart at the same time because Abby thought we could help her and I'm not a medium. I just, can't. I wish I could and nor would they let me free her even if I could. Right. Because that's their business and that that's heartbreaking too. And she was arguing with Andrew saying that they're, me, here, to the, they're here to help us. They're our because friends. Because we were asking yeah. like, do you need help? Do you need the light? And he said, no, they're ghost they're hunters. They're ghost hunters. Over and over yeah. and wow. over again. And they argued about this. And then when she realized that we were... Not able to help her. She Just kept yelling, You tricked me. Yeah, you, you lied me. to me. You tricked yeah. me. And it broke my heart listening to this. Like, there really is a human side to this. And you're going to understand at two mm. in the morning when I have headphones on and I'm sitting there <laughs> reviewing this, I'm like, Marissa, you got to hear this. It was heartbreaking and exciting to, to, to have a, a revelation that not only are these people trapped here, but they can learn. Like, ghost hunters wasn't a term right. in 18. I forget the exact date, 1870s or whatever. 1892, 1892? Was it 1892? Uh, 1892, 1892. That wasn't a term, but he knows that. Why? Because they investigate all the time.
3: Because they're always listening. He gives the term. Well,
0: I mean, I can kind of tell you my theory. We only have a couple minutes left here, but uh, I wonder if there even are any human spirits there. I think that whatever is in that house is very dark and very manipulative. Okay. And I think that it often pretends to be the Bordens because it gets what it wants out of that. So I I wrote about this, but I I think that it's a matter of something has always been on that property. And I'm I don't use the term demonic. I I I think that it's just something that is negative in nature. Mm -hmm. And it is it was feeding on everybody that had ever lived there.
2: Yeah.
0: Oh, there's no doubt. Yeah, Yeah, we believe that too. But then the Bordens come in and they're, you know, dysfunctional to say the least. That's only going to help kind of keep this thing going. And so I think that that's what happened is this was kind of like it's, it's fuel, it's food, it's, it's what keeps it going. Yeah. So why not keep giving people what, what they want so that they keep coming back and talking about the murders? And that thing, whatever it is, it calls itself John when it talks to me, but it's, it's not the uncle. But
2: Did you get John? I
0: don't know. It has reached out to me in other places.
1: That's weird.
2: And I'll it?
0: say like, who is this? And it'll say John. And I'll say, John, where do I know you from? And it'll say Lizzie's. And then I just will stop doing whatever I'm doing, and I'm saying, "You don't belong here, so you know we're shutting this down." But it it is, it is pretty nasty, and I've I've seen it, I've Mm -hmm. seen it manifest as a shadow figure down in the basement. We spent, you know, the better part of an hour chasing it from room to room. Can't do that now because they put beds in all the rooms with Chinese screens up and all that stuff.
1: In the basement, we had something calling itself the Goat Man. The Goat Man over. I saw that in your video, yeah. And over again. You could see hooves. Banging on the wall, t- banging on things like weird, weird things like clear as day, the goat man, EVP spirit box. Like, several de- uh, it might even came over to Paralys, which is like an Ovilus type app yeah. that actually works great. But oh, it's
2: fantastic. Um,
1: really like that was weird to hear because I didn't hear that live, I didn't hear the goat man. I heard, I heard D- demon live, but I didn't hear the goat man. Um, but uh, yeah, that was the basement, strange there, it was strange, very haunted place though, very haunted, you know. I
3: didn't give, I didn't. Well, they were trying to lure us down into the basement.
1: I mean, well, it's I, I I felt like Abby was human. I can see the and what was calling herself for like Andrew, but she was saying stuff like about her husband. Like, I asked if he if if he had molested his his children. I have a daughter. Like that doesn't sit well with me. And he said, I don't do incest. And then somebody said, Yes, he did, but. But it wasn't his fault. A demon made him do it, and he's a good husband. He's too. He's a good man. He's, he's good a good husband. man too. And then we, Marissa, made the mistake asking about the pigeons and all <laughs> hell broke he loose. did not like that at all <laughs> about the pigeons. And then, but then he said a ghost made me do it, and yeah. Abby, a voice that said it was Abby, said, um, uh, "What did she say? Uh, he wasn't. It wasn't right for him to do, but it wasn't his fault." So we started to think that were well, all these people under some sort of possession and they kept calling lizzie a witch
3: yes
1: now i didn't know if that was what they just called somebody they didn't like back then they were very superstitious over religious are they just calling her this or was she really a sunday school teacher practicing the occult and ended up getting everybody there possessed by accident
0: i mean i guess i guess that's kind of what the that special was was pushing uh on discovery plus I, I, Which freaked me out because that was. That's theory it, after we heard that. That it ties mm. in with it. Yeah, I, I will say this: we were doing a, a seance. You know, the most dangerous form of paranormal. <laughs> but we were doing a seance there years and years ago, and there there was a photo of Lizzie on the middle of the table that we put on the middle of the table, and. Uh, I was pushing Mr. Borden on that whole, you know, incest angle, and and I was like, why would you do that to your daughter? Why would you? I was like, look at this photo. She's not even that good looking. She's <laughs>
2: oh, no. she is
0: she's an ugly woman. You know, just trying to like rile things up. And when I did that The the picture Just came off the middle Of the table And flew right at me And I ended up Cutting my hand on it A little bit And I was like Oh I guess that serves me right For pushing a little bit too far But That's
1: crazy If they are human I'll tell you what I wouldn't want to be stuck there And look at a, a